Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rewind Crime Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Brower, and here with me today is Anita Carver. Hello, everyone. Well, let's get started. This is about the mysterious disappearance of Lisa Ann Eubanks. Lisa Ann Eubanks grew up in the Texarkana, Texas area. In fact, at the time of her disappearance in 2000, she lived in the Liberty Ilo area with her mom, Cheryl, and stepfather, Michael Tackett. Her sister, Lana Eubanks Hand, shared a life that was extremely difficult. When Lana was just four years old, Lisa was born on April the 20th, 1981. She was so excited to have a younger sister, and she told me that her first memory of Lisa was when her parents arrived from the hospital, and they put Lisa in her arms, and she was so in love. Unfortunately, that moment became more embedded in her memory than she had ever anticipated. According to Lana, about that time, police came into the door to arrest her father for drug-related charges. Their mom threw or punched her arm through the glass screen door. It cut her arm up really badly, and she was taken to the hospital via ambulance. That left Lana holding newborn Lisa. The police ended up calling the girl's aunt to come and get them. You know, I can't imagine a mom hurting herself to the point that she would leave her four-year-old holding her newborn, but evidently that's what happened. Well, I can't imagine that either. I just can't imagine, you know... Leaving my children running out the back door with my, my small children in the house. It's, it's definitely a bad start for them, for sure. Yes, and that, it's just the beginning. So the sisters um, became closer as they grew up. Um, they had really a hard hard childhood. They were never allowed to have birthday parties or anything out of the ordinary. No extra money was spent on them whatsoever. Um, eventually, Lisa and Lana's parents divorced when the girls were 7 and 11 years old, which left the two to fend for themselves. Mom worked, but there was never really enough for them to really flourish. Dad paid child support for a while, but eventually he grew tired of paying child support and decided that he would just move out of state to avoid having to pay it. He'd come back to visit occasionally, telling the girls, and especially Lana, to stay out of trouble and get out of there. Um, he told Lana every time he saw her that she was smart and she had the ability to rise above her situation, and she has, actually. Um, just a side note, when I talked to Lana, she was telling me that she's actually currently getting her Ph.D. in um, psychology and had already gotten her master's in forensic science. So she actually was a very smart young girl. Um, her way out, however, wasn't necessarily the best. Um, at 15, she got pregnant and moved out which left Lisa at home with her mom and stepdad, Michael Tackett. Um, stepdad evidently wasn't a very huge fan of either of the girls, and in fact, according to Lana, he was really hateful and sadistic. He actually killed Lana's pet rabbit and ate it and told her, and also killed her cat and told her. He was pretty gleeful about what he'd done. Wow. I mean, who does that to their kids? That's that just sounds crazy. Yes, I would definitely have to agree. I can't imagine. So now, with Lana gone, Lisa is on her own. Protecting your employees' inventory and commercial assets is essential in today's world. Security locksmiths can help. Since 1979, Security Locksmiths has been a leader in security for a 500-mile radius of Texarkana, Texas. They provide a variety of complete packages, including commercial door hardware, commercial doors and frames, 
access control systems, high security locks, safes, alarm systems, gate operators, video surveillance systems, intrusion detection systems, and much more. Their team will help you choose the right system for your unique needs. Wouldn't you like to rest easy knowing that you have the proper amount of security in place? Call Security Locksmiths today for a consultation at 903-831-3797. So, by the time Lisa was 11, she was having to learn to deal with a lot of difficult type issues. Unlike Lana... Lisa really had to study to do well in school. And I kind of get that because my sister and I were the same way. I could just sit in class and make straight A's and never have to open a book when I got home. And she had to study like hours and hours and make B's and C's. And just like my sister, the older she got, the more difficult the struggle was for Lisa. So not only was she struggling in school, but by the time she hit her teens, her mother had started giving her drugs. I cannot... Imagine a mom giving their child drugs once they're a teenager or whenever. I can't imagine a mom giving their child drugs. But this was what was happening in their home. And Lana wasn't there to help protect her, so she was pretty much on her own. Yeah, I just can't imagine um, a mother giving their child drugs and uh, not wanting more than that for them. It's It's just a sad start. Right. Yes, very sad. And by the time she'd turned 15, she'd become a defiant teenager. No matter what her mom or stepfather told her to do or not do, she would do the exact opposite. At school, she was well known for her Jinko, J-N-C-O, bell-bottom jeans. For people that know what those are, I don't really remember that, but that's what she was known for, their bell-bottom jeans. And her Dr. Seuss hat that she wore constantly. She had friends, but maybe not the ones we would want our kids to hang out with, Anita. You're probably, yeah. I would think you're probably correct on that one. Yes. Of course, um, we weren't giving our kids drugs either from the time they hit their teenage years. But, you know, Lana made it out. Lisa could have chosen that path as well, but she didn't. Um, Lisa's friends were known for partying, and Lisa partied with them. Lisa was, at the time um, she disappeared, um, she was attending Liberty Hollow High School, and she was struggling. I understand she'd had some problems with both the kids and the teachers there, and her grades weren't where they should have been. So this decision had been made for her to leave Liberty Allo and go to the School of Success, um, which is here in town, where she would be allowed to learn at her own pace in a more conducive environment for her. On January 14, 2000, Lisa and her mom, Cheryl, went to Liberty Allo High School and checked her out and had planned on going to the School of Success the next morning to get her all checked in. Lisa had spent most of the day with her mom and sister that Thursday, making plans and getting ready. Lisa seemed so excited that she was going to SOS and would probably be able to graduate early, according to Lana. Well, sounds like she had a plan, and she was working toward it. Um, So what happened to make her go out later that night? Well, let's talk about that. Whether you are new to shooting or handguns, or you just want a professional eye to evaluate your fundamentals, Legendary Firearms in Nash, Texas can provide the training you need. Legendary Firearms Beginner Basic Pistol Class is taught by T-C-O-L-E, T-Cole, Certified Instructor Raymond Calhoun, and NRA Certified Pistol Instructor Debbie Brower. Private lessons are also available. 
Both Raymond and Debbie will be happy to spend the time to help you learn to be comfortable with your pistol. If you would like to schedule, register at www.legendaryshootingsports.com or call 903-336-6139 to schedule your lesson. So, what happened that evening? Well, according to police reports, Lisa and her mom came home that afternoon after checking her out of Ellie High School, and her mom decided to take a nap. Mom worked at Super One, and she had to go to work that night at 9 p.m., where she would work until 7 a.m. the next day. Um, She needed some sleep, obviously. They'd been gone all day trying to get Lisa set up. So Lisa told her she was going to go take a nap as well. However, Lisa ended up uh, leaving the house that afternoon, and when Mom woke up, Lisa was gone. Mom um, had stepdad take her to work that evening, knowing that Lisa would be back. She always came home, or she always let him know where she was. She wasn't in any way worried about it. That's the weird thing about it. She always let him know she was going to stay over with someone, and she didn't do that, right? Right. So, anyway, she did actually return that night around 10.30 and told her stepdad, who was in the recliner in the living room, that she was going to get a bite to eat and then she was going to bed. Um, she'd already been drinking earlier that night. Her stepdad advised the police that she actually had alcohol on her breath. And then according to the stepdad, she got a phone call around 12.30 or so, and he heard her tell that person also that she was getting ready to go to bed. Which she actually did go into her bedroom at that point in time. Now remember, this is the time frame when most everyone had landlines, not cell phones. And of course, they didn't have a lot of money anyway, so they really didn't have cell phones. And that's where the call came in on the landline. Um, he didn't know at that time who it, the call was from. He just overheard what Lisa told whoever the other caller was. Interesting. Yeah. So around 1.30, stepdad hears a small engine, i say that in quotes, car pull into the driveway. In a couple of minutes, Lisa came out of her bedroom with only her keys in her head and went outside. She didn't say anything to him, and he didn't look to see what was going on. In just a little bit, he hears the car leave, and when Lisa doesn't come back in, he eventually goes to look. By that time, the car and Lisa were gone. He couldn't tell anyone what the car looked like, what anyone the car looked like, or whether or not Lisa was actually in the car. He assumed that she left with this person and would be coming back since she only took her keys to get back in the house. She didn't take any clothes. She didn't take her purse. She didn't take anything with her, just her house keys. Interesting. Yes. By the next morning, when she hadn't come home, and when Mom Cheryl got off of work, she and stepdad discussed where she could be because she had always called to tell them if she wasn't coming home. Um, by that evening, when they still hadn't heard anything from Lisa, they decided they'd go ahead and contact the police and file a missing persons report because they couldn't believe that something bad had not happened to her because she always let them know. So that night, Bowie County Sheriff's Deputy Lance Bonner took the report from the Tackets and advised them to contact the following day if she didn't return. By the next day, when she still remained missing, Cheryl Tackett, her mom, again contacted the Bowie County Sheriff's Department and an investigation began. It just seems like a lot of sorts, you know, doesn't know. make sense. I know, and where where was Lisa? 
Where was she? Indeed. Did you know that 70% of home break-ins happen during the daytime when you, the homeowner, are at work? Don't be left unprotected. Burglar alarm and camera systems installed can save lives and protect your assets. Prime service, prime equipment, prime tech systems. Contact us for a free in-home evaluation. Visit Prime Tech Systems in their new showroom at 301A Industrial Boulevard, Nash, Texas, in the Nash Business Park, or give them a call at 903-278-0830. So, Anita, according to police reports, Johnny Kennedy stated that he had called Lisa at 7.30 or 8 and spoke to her. She told Johnny that she was getting ready to go get some cocaine from some other guy. And later that evening, both shoulders had dropped her off at her house. Well, at 12.30 a.m., Johnny Kennedy called again. Police were actually able to use caller ID to redial that phone number, which you could do and you still can do on landlines and on your cell phone if you want to, to do um, number redial. Of course, now we've got um, caller ID that's a whole lot more popular and, and everybody has, so... But anyway, they used that to actually find out that Kennedy was the one who called. He stated that she had told him that she was going to bed after getting a bite to eat, and he was not the person that picked her up that night. So who knows who actually did pick her up? Um, Police continued to investigate. So Lisa's mom had access to her diary, which was given to the police so that they could see where she had been in weeks prior to the disappearance and who she had been with. The diary is full of information on who she was doing drugs with, drugs that included cocaine and marijuana on a daily basis. Wow. I know. I was like, who actually writes in their diary all the names of all the people she's partying with and what drugs they did and how much fun they're having or whatever doing drugs and getting high. So her New Year's resolutions were get a job and keep it, save up money, get a guitar and learn to play, have nothing but fun, party all the time. Wow. Not not bad resolutions, right. just a, maybe a different way of doing it. So, Especially for a person that age. <laughs> right. In addition, like I said, there were those notations on each day about getting high and listing the names of who she got high with, and most times the drugs they did. And she had several months of those. So that was. I would have to wonder why she would want to keep up with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different. Definitely. I would not have written that down probably if it had been me, but. Anyway, you're talking about a 17-year-old kid, I guess. But even at 17, I don't think I would have done that. So with the help of her family and her diary, police were able to contact some of her acquaintances or friends, whatever you want to call them, because many stated they really didn't know her and knew nothing about her disappearance. They hadn't seen her or partied with her, and I find that really interesting, not you, that her diary showed they were together pretty much every day, and then all of a sudden that one night, nobody was there. Yeah, very strange. Nobody knows anything all of a sudden. Uh, they didn't see her. They hadn't been with her all night. Right. But every night Which preceding that, they possibly had. possibly could be true, but it does seem strange. Yes. It's very, very strange. So um, police actually made contact with them since they had all their names written down where she had been with them the whole time. Um, Courtney Friday, Melissa Holyfield, Johnny Kennedy, all advised the police that they knew her, but they hadn't seen her the night she disappeared. And some said that they hadn't seen her that week, although they were all supposed to be her friend. And some were included in her diary. 
In fact, her diary lists Lisa getting high with Courtney, Melissa, Johnny, Andy, Don, Dylan, and Josh. So for the first 14 days of 2000, she partied with these people and they know nothing. How sad is that? That is sad. You would think if they were her friend, they would want to try to help find whoever it was that did something to her. You know, none of them had had any contact with Lisa since the night she went missing. None of them knew anything. None of them were willing to help their good friend. And you know someone knows something. Well, you would think if they were good friends, someone would have said something. You know, um, they had to be talking to one another. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but nothing. Nothing. They would admit nothing. You know, the police continued their investigation. Johnny Kennedy admitted to police that he had partied with Lisa and Melissa Hollyfield, but he never gave them or sold them any drugs. He said they would always show up with their own drugs. So who do we, who did we get them from? You know, Melissa actually came by the sheriff's office and told them that she had told Lisa not to go to Kennedy's house because Lisa had told her Kennedy was trying to get her to have sex with him. And Lisa had told her about it and was crying when she told her. But still said she was going back was because he had some cocaine and she wanted it. But Kennedy says he never saw her again. He only spoke with her on the phone that night. One of her other friends, Jonathan Tyree, confirmed that Bo Shoulders told him that he brought Lisa back home from the mall that night she went missing after receiving oral sex from her. Although Tyree was gone at the time of the disappearance, he said Bo made the remark that they will never find that bitch's body. Wow. Yeah. Tyree doesn't think that Shoulders had anything to do with her disappearance, but he thinks he knows where the body is. Jason Henderson was said to be Lisa's boyfriend at the time, although he denies that allegation. He did say they were friends, but denied having anything to do with her the day of her disappearance. Henderson and another friend, Jason Weaver, were allegedly with her on the night of her disappearance, however, according to other people. Wow. The plot thickens. Yes. Rumors were that Lisa overdosed and these two men, Jason Henderson and Jason Weaver, put her in the septic tank at the house Jason Weaver lived in at the time. I'm not sure how that is possible since they'd have to dig that up and that would be pretty much seen by anybody driving by, um, which doesn't make sense to me. Again, those are rumors. You know, a septic tank I would think would be very difficult to open up and put somebody's body in. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that would be the the easiest way to dispose of a body for sure no especially when it was late at night and they could make other decisions i guess and i you know again i don't know how that's possible um there were also rumors that someone shot her up with drugs and she overdosed on the concrete picnic tables at lake rock patman and was taken to a remote location and dumped There were tips on where that location was that came in later, one concerning a road that started with a P in the area of Lake Wright-Patman. Well, there were no roads at that point in time when that tip came in that started with a P. So police finally found out that there was a road years ago named Possum Trot Trail. That's an interesting name. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, Possum Trot Trail, um, they decided they would go and actually look up and down that particular road and they went and got their cadaver dogs to search the area and the only thing they came up with was a canine bone again nothing wow yes it's just a 
bad it's situation. So many players in, in this, yeah. it's hard to keep up, and so many. Yeah, you when know. I was researching all of this, and you and I were doing this whole research, it's like there were so many people that she hung out with right. and did things with. It was almost confusing. It was confusing. When you started. I remember reading. trying to figure out <laughs> who the players, who the players were. And what they were. Did. Yes. So there are also rumors that Lisa's been spotted all over the place, and they've been reported to the police. Um, none of them have been confirmed, although they've all been checked out. Um, the hopes that she ran away were also always in the back of everyone's minds, hoping that she'd show up okay, but still nothing has panned out. Um, there's missing posters all over the place, and several reports actually came in from places like Texas, throughout Texas, Florida, New York, California, but still nothing. There's also been reports from other law enforcement agencies for Jane Doe's that have been found that could possibly be Lisa, but none of those had been positive results. Most of those, Lisa was actually six foot tall, and most of the uh, bodies of women that have been found were not nearly as tall as her. Wow. So that immediately eliminated them, although they did have um, DNA from her and from her sister to try and help match that if they did find a match. So well, That's good. It's great in this day and age that we were able to do that. Yes. In addition to all this, a clairvoyant contacted the sheriff's department and said she knew who killed Lisa and how she was killed. Wow. She presented Yes. She presented a machete that was supposed to have blood on it, but indeed it did not. So there was another dead end. Um, with all this... There should be a lot of that. Yes, lots of dead ends on here, and it's now 20 years later, and still everything's a dead end. That's what's so strange. It's been so long. Yes. You would think, like, somebody would have somebody told, somebody's conscience would bother them, somebody bragged, and it, and somebody, you know, is, is willing to tell. It's just such a but tightly held secret. It's 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 very odd. And the Sheriff's Department, um, in fact, Jeff Neal told me that they had pretty much checked out every single any kind of tip they might could possibly have gotten. So they've been to some of the people that were in here are in prison or have been in prison and that they've actually gone to the wherever the prisons are to interview these people and they still have not gotten anything. They'll get tips, but they never pan out. You know, somebody will say, oh, well, I've got this tip about so-and-so told me when I was in prison 10 years ago something or whatever and that it never pans out. I so. guess there is. I mean, it's possible it could be an absolute stranger abduction, I guess. But, you know, mm, yeah. you think that and if somebody it was, knows something. Yes. So with all this, you would think that somebody would know something. Absolutely. And tell someone. Yes. Or everyone. You know, her sister Lana, who is just sweet as she can be, is the only close family that she still has alive. Um, her mom and dad are both dead. Her stepdad is dead. Um, both, all of them died at younger ages. And um, Lana's really the only really, you know, close, close family she still has. So she tells me that she thinks of Lisa every day and would just love to know where her body is so that she can provide a, a proper burial for Lisa. Just some closure. That's all she would like. And you know, at least one of Lisa's friends from then knows. And they're not telling. So how sad for everyone that's involved. It would be wonderful for her her sister. I know that means a lot to her just to have a body to bury and a place for her to be. You know, yes. and you don't have to let your mind wonder about all the bad things that could have been. Yes. You know, then would you would know nice. for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
legendary shooting sports in Nash, Texas, loves encouraging shooters, new and experienced, to come practice their skills. With reasonable costs for both members and non-members, it is the perfect climate-controlled, safe atmosphere you need. Check out these specials. Tuesday and Wednesday are only $12 for one hour and includes your target. Thursday is ladies' night from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. where ladies pay no range fee. And Fridays are date night where you can pay one range fee and your significant other gets in free in the same lane. There is no reason not to come out at Legendary Firearms in Nash, Texas, 101 Slayton Drive, Nash, Texas. The disappearance of Lisa Eubanks remains unsolved at this time. If you have any information about this case, please contact the Bowie County Sheriff's Department at 903-798-3149 or Texarkana Crime Stoppers at 903-793-7867.